Craft Beer Radio episode 199 on Christmas 2011. Welcome to a very spooky episode of... Oh, wait, I'm getting my holidays mixed up. <laughs> Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg. And I'm Jeff. This is episode 199 of the Christmas show. How do you like my gravelly, deep, sexy voice? It works. It's just don't cough into the mic. Yeah, I just wish I could keep it, you know, once I'm, you know, once I'm healthy. Or, I never, like I said, I never really got sick this time, but I got the gravelly voice because, you know, I got the whole Kermit the Frog yeah. thing going on when I'm not... Uh, I, th- I think it gives you an extra gravitas, you know? Yes. Yeah, I should, uh... I should like do voiceover work right now while I have a good voice. So we are recording this on Christmas Day, well, Christmas night, 2011, and we are doing three uh, holiday beers, basically. Yep, I don't know if the Grand Cru is a holiday, but yeah. we are starting with <clears throat> the, I'm going to butcher this like crazy, the Blague la Bonne Special Winter uh, from Belgium. <laughs> It is a uh, winter saison, eight percent alcohol by volume, and yeah, this is the Brasserie de Blagui, Blagu, Blagais. Who knows? They it says here that the yeast add, there's going to be a lot of yeast in it, but the yeast adds to the flavor. Okay, so well, maybe I'll give it a swirl. Well, after we taste it, I'll give yeah. it a swirl, and uh, we'll muddy it up a bit. So I re- this is a Shelton Brothers beer. I um, received this a couple years ago. Tony, the beer guy, had it at one of the homebrew club meetings. He was selling them off. And uh, who knows the age on this beer? And it has one of my one of the warnings for me: big old green bottle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows the vintage on this one? Don't, it could be several. Doesn't really smell skunky though. So. Winter Saison. I'm a big fan of the spicy, peppery Saison. Mm. So hopefully hopefully something carries through in this. I got a pretty big head on mine. So I took my first whiff. I smelled a little bit of pepperiness, but it's just a bunch of that that CO2, that protein smell mm, you, know, you get yeah. from the foam head. I'm smelling a, a, a yeasty, lemony, peppery. So, you know, sort of a, a lemon pepper chicken <laughs> without the chicken. So that's it, it's, a good, it's a good aroma. It's got that nice little, you know... Like you said, the nice spicy mm-hmm. uh, aromatics of a saison already, so I like that. Very cool. So, did, how was your uh, your Christmas day? Did you do anything exciting? I um, went to um, our friend Damien. Is uh, his family always invites me over for Christmas dinner? So it's it's nice. And we had a great Christmas dinner. One of the meals was a uh, bacon wrapped beef tenderloin. Oh, nice! Mm. So a little filet mignon. Everybody. <laughs> Pretty nice. My mom picked me up the Good Eats two books, and so now I got even more Good Eats recipes. Double the Good Eats. Yes. You know, you know what recipe I like that I got just from reading your Good Eats book here, and I went home and tried it, and it's great. Is the cottage cheese? Oh, really? Oh, okay. it's so easy to make, and it's. I'll have to check that out. I'm not a huge fan of cottage cheese, but maybe uh, homemade. You can has... you can easily just turn it into paneer. Okay. Cool. Uh, the reason I mentioned the book is because you're talking about bacon wrapped tenderloin. It had a uh, garlic salt crusted tenderloin, so it was basically a tenderloin in a little pastry. Oh. You know, recipe in there. I flipping through and saw that. that oh, there. so that's sort of like a beef Wellington. Yeah, kind of like that. But this looked like it was more like in a pastry, you know, instead of where isn't Wellington more just like crusted with 
breadcrumbs and stuff. No, no, beef Wellington is is a you know you you, you make a, a a puff pastry essentially, and you surround okay. it. Yeah, or a, a pot lot, of shoe or something like it was that. A lot like that. And I'm like, I never had meat inside a little giant pocket. I like that. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's um not particularly assertive, mm. uh, especially since you know the last beer we had was an old ale. We had that in the pre-show, so it was you know these big, strong, dark, fruity flavors. Right. So this is um, lighter, as, as a saison is wont to do, but. Um, it, it's got these nice uh, tangy and peppery yeah. notes. And being a winter saison, you expect maybe a little bit of malt or something in there. And I'm getting this caramel, and it turns fruity towards the end. I'm getting some cherries. Mm-hmm. I'm getting something else going on there. But it is it has a very nice malt built or malt tone to it. The way it's just carrying through, it's, it's very enjoyable. I had two or three of these. I think this is the last bottle. And... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the setting. Maybe it's because it's on Christmas and, and, and this is a Christmas beer, but it tastes really good tonight. I like it. I, do, I like it a lot. It's uh, hmm. It's called a winter ale on the label here, but it does have a Christmas tree on the label, so we're calling it Christmas beer tonight. They say it's basically a richer version of their La Monu. Okay. I think that's how it's, it's said. It's M-O-N-E-U-S-E. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. We really need to learn Flanders. Yeah. Or Flemish. 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 Flemish in Flanders. Oakley so. doakley, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help us much. <laughs> now, this is quite tasty. This is what I'm just like, oh, we're going to slow down here and let it warm a little bit. And just take it in because, I don't know. Yeah, this is a... This is a Puts a smile on my face. As a Christmas beer should. You're supposed to enjoy... The you know the company of friends, the 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 season, um, as they said on 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 Doctor Who last year, halfway out of the dark. Yep, that's you know that's the nice thing about the winter solstice. You're halfway through. It'd be nice if the weather uh, agreed. You know, if you didn't have that, yeah, that um, momentum effect where it's, there, it's there's a lag. Yeah, there is a lag. <laughs> weather but what are you going to do yeah we haven't really had any snow yet here yeah we had a couple of days worth of snow that went away and like today was like 40 something it was pretty nice yeah it's been it was actually kind of balmy it was almost 50 degrees uh one point last week okay. so um you know balmy for this time of year <laughs> not quite indians <coughs> excuse me <coughs> not quite indian summer but it was a heck of a it was rainy a lot though. that was the only bad thing about it I don't. I've put on my jacket once this this mm. winter so far. Getting some toffee in the beer now. That that malt is just outstanding. It just keeps telling. It's very like you mentioned. It's, you know, it's not too assertive. I'm not sure if I'd go as far as delicate, but it it is definitely a, a nice, light, and nuanced you know story that it's telling. You get some candy sugar type things later on where it's kind of sweet and little mm-hmm. and little uh, I don't know biting is not quite the right word but it's a little sharper there you know kind of like what you get from candy sugar and something's coming across almost like it's a little bit of spicy hoppy but it's probably the yeast because this well, beer there's extra hops in this so there could be there's such there, age there's on this some, beer such age on the beer yeah. that I wouldn't expect it there's some grains of paradise type stuff going on there's maybe a little nutmeggy type stuff 
That's good. Mm. That's real good. Do you want to try it a little bit swirled up? Let's see if we can get some yeast in there. I like it so much as is. I don't know. Mm. And there's still a lot of beer. Yeah, it's going to be hard, hard to arouse it yeah. with that much beer in the bottle still. So let's not mess around with it. All right. The color is a uh, it's this orange, orangey golden color. The more you have of it, the darker it is. As you have less of it, it becomes a little bit more receptive to light. The when I was just finishing it up, it, it got it had some thing that was reminiscent of like some brett or something. It doesn't taste leathery or anything, but there's just a little. It was so dry. And just a, and huh. the tanginess is kind of like, you know, borderline, like, oh, this is so, uh, more so, think of the beer as almost wild, but, you know, no no sour tastes or, or leathery tastes in it or anything. This is, the, the Saison is, Saison is a, a more rustic. Yes. A more rustic character in a beer anyway, right? And I was just getting a lot of that rusticness, you know, where it reminded me like, hey, it's kind of like some breaded beer. Saison's a style that... <laughs> I initially didn't get, and I don't think it's it's a beginner's beer style because there are flavors in there that aren't prototypical enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that are that would put you off. Would think you know, oh, this tastes old or this tastes muddy. Right. Sure, um, and so you need to experience a lot of it really to get it. Uh, so I wouldn't like toss this out to a bunch of friends and say, "Hey, try this." You I, you have to go with somebody who's into beer. I see. Yeah, I. You know, I. I <coughs> sorry about the coughing, everyone. I. Um, I think I discovered you know and in, enjoyed saisons rather early, but I do agree with what you're saying. You know, not everyone I think is, you know, is as accessible as you know some of the ones I found early on. Where you know, like I had a, um, phantom. I remember having a phantom early on. And I was like, wow, that's delicious. This one's bourbon barreled, so we're gonna go with this one. Okay. Next. So this is the Great Divide Grand Cru. It's a Belgian-style dark ale. 11% alcohol by volume <coughs> from Great Divide. Great Divide, of course, named after the Great Continental Divide. They are in Denver, Colorado. And I picked up this beer at One for the Road Beer Emporium and Tap Room. In beautiful Wexford, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Not much information here. I have some suggested pairings. Roast chicken with thyme, braised short ribs, oven roasted vegetables, grilled sweet potatoes, roaring... Yes, roaring 40s blue cheese. I don't know what roaring 40s is. It's probably a cheese maker. Bread pudding. Much more of it. Okay, so 11% ABV. This was bottled on January 12th. 2011. And it says Belgian style dark ale on the label. It's it's certainly dark. I'll give it that. As the barest, you know, it's a, a sort of tan. Uh, now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's got tan highlights. It's not super dark. It's got a. About a finger's worth of head with some big bubbles and some small bubbles in there. Yeah, so imported malts, proprietary yeast, marketing speak. That's all the label has here. And the same suggested pairings that uh, that Greg mentioned. Oh, bread pudding. Let's get some bread pudding. 
I want those braised short ribs. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a fiend for bread pudding. Elegant incarnation is anything but snobbish. How dare you, sir? I want to be snobbish. Yes, let's be snobbish. Let's let's make put on horrible accents too. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> let's just be ugly American snobs. I can deal with that. Hmm. I'm trying to pick out. I'm I'm, I'm still getting a little bit of saison in the aroma. <laughs> I mean, it is a Belgian beer. I'm getting a little bit of fruitiness, like a little bit of cherries. Uh, well, the nose isn't really caramel. I'm getting some of those, you know, darker malt aroma. Uh, I guess a little bit of melanoidins in the aroma there. I'm going to go into the flavor because, yeah, the nose isn't really exploding and giving me tons to talk about. Now, the flavor is a different story. A lot going on out there. Hmm. Okay, so it has a brown sugar mm-hmm. kind of flavor to it. Um, tending on the sweet side. It's... The hops are subdued. But the malt isn't coming across like bready or roasty. It's coming across really kind of sweet and sugary. It comes across like, um, I just had a Brother Thelonious the other day, okay. which is a Belgian Abbey ale, kind of like a double type thing. Uh, similar to this where <clears throat> the first couple sips tasted a little bit sharp to me. And I don't know if you got that where it's kind of like, this isn't, it wasn't like a velvet glove of a taste. It was right, kind of yeah. abrasive, right? A little sharp in there. And it took me for a few sips to really dial in on the um, Brother Thelonious and say, oh, this is a more luscious beer. So I'm going to give this another sip or two before I really say anything. But yeah, the first sip was kind of like, you know, just like a little bit grating, right? It wasn't wasn't delicious. Yeah, you know? it was... <clears throat> It, it it clashed a little bit with the taste with the taste of saison too. It could have been that. So that you know there were there was that kind of tangential relationship that didn't quite work. So yeah, so give it give some time to to settle and see. And also how our tongues you know, will be. Yeah, we got these nice thin glasses. Uh, this beer wants to be warmer. You yeah. know that sip it just tastes a little too cold. So we're both got a cup in our hands here. We're going to try to put some energy. We're going to <laughs> change the energy of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into the pre-show for the uh, callback on that one. Mm. So the, these are the glasses we got at Saver, right? These are these the, are ones that the, the was it Berg Bergheim Berg something German. Yes, uh, they had them. They're the glass provider that provided the Saver glasses, and they had these really nice deep bowl snifters in the salons. And the the rep there gave us two to bring home. And uh, no, it was one of the salons. It was, it was they were giving this oh, out of the salons. Okay, so um, but yeah, these are really the nicest glasses we have. I love yeah. these things. They're, really they're... thin glass. You can really put some temperature in the beer when you want it. You hold it by the stem when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's curious about them is they don't have any kind of turbulence lip right around the top there. Like some of them will have a thicker rim. I used to think it was for. Um, a sturdier product, 
you know, more glass are less likely to crack. And maybe that's mostly it. Maybe the turbulence lip is marketing and that I've fallen for. <laughs> but if you read why the Sam Adams glass has all those attributes that it has, um, one of them is on the top of the glass, there's a little thicker rim and it's on the inside of the glass and it causes more turbulence when you're drinking. And, um, I don't know. Most, most of the glasses I own have that. Most of the Belgian style glasses I own have that. I'm, you know, they're, from a fluid dynamic standpoint, I can certainly see why it would cause more turbulence. Mm-hmm. Whether that adds anything to the beer or not, is that's the question. Yeah, we've discussed in the past, we'd love to do blind tasting on glasswares, you know, but as soon as it hits your lips, you know, you're going to feel, feel something, right? This is going to be very hard to do a completely blind tasting. Maybe I'm giving my lips too much credit. Well, this is what we have to do. Okay, you have you have your mind storms. We need to make a beer tasting robot <laughs> so we can do this completely well, we need, objectively we need, and analytically. We need you know models, you know hot models to, to feed us the beer. Yes, have our hands bound behind our backs and blindfolded. Yes, thank you, ma'am. May have another. Let's give it another taste here. See how it comes across. Yeah, this is definitely the Belgian double quad category. I, I have to say it's. I don't know if I'd... Does it taste like an happy quad to you? I think it has a little more... It's It's got... It tastes more like a, a strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of like what you think of when you think of... Um, um, is it... Which Unibrew beer is it? Is it Le Fin du Monde or Modit? I think Modit has a little bit of that... Belgian strong ale modded type character to it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, Le Fin du Monde is a dark one. Uh, I think Le Fin du, Le Fin du Monde is the triple. And Maudit oh, really? is the strong dark ale, yeah. Hmm. Uh, or strong well, golden, if not triple. If we were wrong, it wouldn't be the end of the world. <laughs> the, the there's, um, there's actually a weird... As weird as this may sound, there's more of a farmhouse flavor from the Grand Cru than there was from the Saison. The 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 yeast yeah. is giving me a little bit of um, and it's it's more of the contrast between some of the dimensions the yeast is giving and the the overall sweetness of the beer. There there's a there's a weird kind of contrast in there. They're not gelling together. Mm-hmm. They're they're contrasting each other, and that can be successful. I'm not sure whether it's successful here. Yeah, it, this isn't when when I taste. I'm hoping it still comes together, and I'll revise my review if it does. When I take a sip of a Belgian beer, it first comes out like that. I'm like, oh man, that's one of those, one of those sharper, more chalky, very. It's sweet, mm-hmm. but it has that dry layer that sits on your tongue, the chalky layer, and it just it's sharp, abrasive, a little grating. You know, it's just not. It's the opposite of luscious. And yeah, I really love when I get that Belgian double or that quad that's just silky. So and smooth and, and everything just works together. I mean, there, there's the comparison between beer and wine for food is the comparison is often that wine is used to contrast and beer is used to complement. This is not always the case, mm-hmm. but it works out as the case a lot. And... um. Sometimes you do just want a big, you know, a big compliment, a big hug, mm-hmm. and I think for this style, the the complimenting works more than the contrasting. I think that, for example, 
hoppy beer contrasting works very well. Where you have this contrast between this bitter, uh, resiny hop and you know this right. deep, roasty malt. Right, right. Where this one, where you have the the big maltiness, you got the the esters from the yeast and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you really don't compare. That you don't. How do you contrast that with food or something? Right. How do you? How do you? <clears throat> yeah, you don't pair that with fish. Yeah. You know, you know, or salads. You know, you, you get you know big melanoid and you know meats and things like that typically, or you know mushrooms or you know something that's meaty. I can see how how bread pudding would work with this. I can see how, you know, again complementing the sweetness here. Yeah. Um, it would also the 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 bread pudding the kind of the goopiness would take away a little bit of that yeasty mm-hmm. um, stuff. That's yeah, I think I think. Putting this with some food would we kind of you know smooth it out a little bit and wouldn't make you know see now I'm almost done and it I'm getting you more it took a while but I'm starting to get used to it you know so it tastes a little bit smoother now a little more comforting well that's just the eleven percent working its way into the bloodstream <laughs> there is a lot of alcohol in in the old beer there is. <coughs> You know they they have the balls to put elegant and exquisite right on the right on the label. Yeah, yeah. You know I I I am a big fan of the Great Divide Brewery. When I saw oh Grand Crew, pick that they pop you up even if the, it was uh, thirteen dollars for a twenty two ounce bottle. It's not a horrible price here in Pennsylvania. It might sound steep to some of you in some other states. Yeah, but I'm like you know, it, I mean beer's gone up, fuel's gone up, so beer's yeah, gone up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the brewery. Hades, Samurai, mm-hmm. um, Titan IPA, Hercules. I'm, I like the Titan a lot better. I like the Hercules. The Her- Hercules is a double IPA. Um, Yeti. I Yeti. had. I had. We had Yeti recently. I had. Um, yesterday I had Oakage Yeti. The day before I had regular Yeti, and they are both delicious. Have Actually, you tried I, the chocolate Oakage Yeti? I have tried it. I had it out in uh, Denver, I believe, when we were out there. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I had a one another one. We had those that old Yeti on the show a couple weeks ago, and I had another one of those. Oh, it was so good! Yeah, so good. Yeti with like four years on it. I think seller was like a champ. I, it's so good. And the oak aged wasn't quite as good as the old Yeti, but it was still very good. Oak aging is 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 an interesting process because sometimes it can you know well you like anything else mm-hmm. sometimes it can be very successful sometimes it can be way overdoing it yeah we'll yeah. see what lavery has in store yeah. for us so this is my coming up now is the beer that heather got me for my birthday mm. she uh she um on facebook yes happy birthday by the way no, you thank just you recently yes, my birthday was uh, on the solstice as it usually is <laughs> um. so that's good didn't change <laughs> well Sometimes the solstice is on the twenty second. You know, you see that like twenty. No, no, no. It's the twenty first. Stop screwing with my birthday. So, so your birthday is actually the end of the Mayan calendar. Is it really is December twenty first, twenty twelve? Is that the end of the calendar? Yeah. Holy sweet! I thought it was earlier. I thought it was like May or something. No, no, no. Oh, nice. May was the rapture. <coughs> I thought it was May twenty twelve. Was the end of the calendar? But cool. We're having a party next year. Yeah. End of the world. <laughs> Le fin du monde. 
So um, Heather to hit up Chris, who owns Bucktown on Facebook, and said, you know, what should we get? Jeff, what should I get Jeff for your birthday? And she mentioned this. I don't know the retail price, but she's like, it's very good, and it's expensive. Hmm. So I don't know what Heather paid, but this is the the, the new brewery up in Erie, uh, Lavery Lavery. I, I haven't uh, really had much from these guys yet. I'm not even sure how they say their name. I feel bad. 2011. Devil Bird Holiday Ale, Imperial Porter, aged in bourbon barrels. So this is malted with pale, Munich. Two types of crystal, brown, and chocolate malts. Hopped with nugget, northern bird, and local cascade, local eerie cascades. 8.5% alcohol by volume, 44 IBUs, aged in Maker's Mark bourbon barrels. Uh, It is packaged in a one-liter flip-top bottle. Yep, they come capped, but they have the little top sitting on the side there. Basically saying, don't drink this all by yourself. Indeed. Have some friends, or save it for another day. And so we have all of you, our friends. Now, I was at um, Damien's uh, mother's birthday, which was also just like a week ago. It's the 18th. And he had a special party for at um, Willow. Oh. He mentioned he was down there. Yeah. Because uh, I sent some business coworkers there. They were out of town, and they said the food was horrible. It was all screwed up, and I felt so bad because I take pride in recommendations. Yeah. You know, that's the how food I was am. fine. The guy yeah. said his fish was undercooked or raw. Like, yeah, you didn't send it back. He's like, I was just happy that I got out of there without getting sick. I'm like, you didn't send it back the second you found a raw scallop. What the hell, you know? Um, but he's, you know, these. These guys aren't foodies. They they might yeah, not like. Yeah. There was like a there was a tuna thing with raw tuna, and you know, so I went to Jamie and said, "There's raw <laughs> tuna in this." And, you know, we had a good laugh over that. But what's interesting is, at, at the bar, um, I ordered a Manhattan, and uh, but I asked for for Buffalo Creek, and they didn't have any Buffalo Trace. Trace, Trace, yeah, they didn't have any. The the, the they had like that's why I had Knob Creek because they didn't even have like. That right. was that was the highest quality bourbon they had. They have a few uh, scotches there. Um, the there was one time I I ate there on NetApp's dime for something. I took Heather. I forget NetApp owed me something, so he's like, "Take Heather out." Uh, oh, I know what it was. I, I gave my VP some feedback and. He appreciates it. He's like, "Take your wife out." So we went down the Willow, and uh, yeah, so I was drinking. You know, like. The, the expensive scotch and, and whatnot there, but yeah, they don't have a huge selection. They got a couple of decent things. So you had Knob Creek, yeah. So this is Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. I I, I didn't know this. Remember when we were at the Whiskey Fest? Um, I turned you on to the Weeded Whiskies, and they had the W L Weller. Um, I didn't know this until someone told me. But Maker's Mark is a weeded whiskey. Hmm. I know that they specifically said they were out of Maker's Mark, which is the reason why I brought this up in okay. the first place. So, because I probably would have ordered Makers instead of Knob Creek. Yeah, I, I had this stigma, this prejudice against Makers because of the whole wax thing. I'm like, oh, it's just marketing, 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 blah. But, you know, I had it um, not too long ago. Before I heard it was weeded, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. It's better than I expected. So. The aroma on this one, not not so much oaky in the aroma, but um, hoppy porter. You know, you get this interesting mix of 
Ooh, I'm getting coffee. Getting coffee? Yeah. Okay. I was getting this interesting mix of your your roasty and not not chocolatey, but the the more ashy, sooty roast from the porter, and then something else which I was attributing to all the hops that are in there. You got coffee? Yeah, and you know I get that whole cartoon rising up out of my chair thing. Oh yeah, so, yeah. That good, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, the coffee is kind of turning into more of a dark roast um, than, than just specifically coffee. So, sorry, I'm seeing where you're coming from, but it's definitely a, a smell I enjoy. Yeah, the more I smell it, the it's, it's mellowing out a little bit for me. I'm not getting anywhere near coffee. I mean, I shouldn't say not, I'm not getting something that would make me think coffee first. I'm I'm still thinking, you know, it, it just smells like roasted malts and um, maybe a little bit of unsweetened chocolate or something like think, that. Think again. We we had this before. We think <coughs> um, blackened mush, uh, blackened marshmallow. Uh, that's not that's not drawing any connections for me. Okay, I am getting a little more. I got I got a touch of caramel or toffee that time in the aroma. I got a little more sweetness out of their nose that time. I'm going to go on to the flavor. So, Devil Bird is based on the Irish tradition of carrying a, the dead carrying a dead wren through the streets on the day after Christmas. Holy well. Nice. Yeah. How many hours have we got to wait before we go find a dead wren? <laughs> Look at that. 65 minutes. We can go find a dead wren and... Uh, where where do we get a wren around here? We'll just have to find a bird. Any kind of bird. We can go to the zoo, right? Any kind of bird will do. Um, find something died from West Nile. and We can find a... One of, Allison probably has a stuffed animal bird or something. We can go carry through the streets. <laughs> We can sing carols. I went caroling last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we were at my parents' house, um, and a whole bunch of my dad's side of the family was over. And everyone's sitting around, and it's like quarter to eight. And I had this going through my head. I'm like, I'd love to go caroling like this this season, you know? And I was like, like let's go caroling. And everyone like looked at me like, really? And then like, no. And then like a couple people were like, yeah. And then more, and, like, more, more people were like, yeah. So we went to a couple houses, like, houses on the street. We probably went to... I don't know, about 10, 12 houses, rang the bell, sang carol. Like, you get, it was the craziest thing because you know, like, none of these families have ever had carolers yeah. before. But it was, it was fun. Did anybody just slam the door? <laughs> no, no one slammed the door. I mean, we sang to a couple dogs. I mean, you know, <laughs> rang the bell, dogs barking, no mm-hmm. one's home. Because you know, they had enough lights on inside that we thought they might be, might be home. But uh, hopefully we didn't disturb any young children that were trying to sleep for Santa Claus. But it was fun. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> no one gave us figgy pudding though we did leave before we got some I don't, I don't think people were prepared like you said <laughs> exactly no one's expecting Keller yeah, what the hell <coughs> <laughs> what is this Texas <laughs> no it's fun I'm gonna go caroling again for sure you should in, in order to really surprise people you should do it in like May <laughs> get shot <laughs> castle doctrine <laughs> The oak on this is quite mellow. I haven't really... Very mellow. I'm having a hard time... Well... I, you know what? 
maybe not. Because it's it's a it's a highly charred oak, I think. And that that's where a lot of that char factor is coming in. And I think what this is is, is a different application of oak than what we usually get, which is sort of I get, leave the bourbon in there and have a whole bunch of bourbon flavor. And I'm not I, getting that so much, I get, but I'm getting I get what you're saying, but it's not like it's fresh American oak. It it's it's a used bourbon barrel and I get what you're saying. Don't leave half the don't leave, you know, a couple fifths of, of maker's mark in the bottom of the barrel when you uh put the beer in. Could be, could be right, but it's just not what you'd expect, right? It, if you told me you use a fresh charred barrel or yeah. something like that, or a fresh charred barrel and you blended it way out, I, I could agree with you. But thinking that there was actually bourbon in it, it's kind of like really, I don't, I don't feel it. Well, I yeah, I don't get a big amount of bourbon here, but that's okay mm-hmm. for me because sure, I tend to not, I tend to think that when when bourbon gets in, in beers, they overdo it, mm-hmm. and. You know, it, it's rare to find one that really uses it super great. And here, it's like they're not trying. They're just trying to get some of that char sure. in there and, and, and some of that oak. Yeah, stuff. I mean, it could be the thing where you don't notice the difference until you have the beer with barrel and without barrel, mm-hmm. right? Um, back to the porter. I'm really digging the porter, though. It's it's quite tasty. It's it's a, There's not much of chocolate or caramel or toffee it's it's really the dry side of the roast you're getting some coffee roast you're getting some barley roast yes um i don't know how i want to put it but it it's telling a story even though it's not you know what you might expect with you know more of a chocolatey type it's not quite as full as a big you know like a big old stout it's it's got a little mm-hmm. bit of of achiness around the corner just a tad and that's okay. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need to be a super full beer. I think that it actually really helps because of that deep, dark, um, the the big roasty um, charness. It helps that it's not full. It would kind of almost be, um, you, you know, how the char can sometimes almost get this kind of sweet tang, uh-huh. sure, and and it's a little off putting. It doesn't have that. It has all the char without any of that. Right. Yeah. It definitely finishes without that. You know, like. I think what you're describing, sweet tang, reminds me like you know where it's a little reminiscent of like phenolic or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Where it has this like alcoholic nail polish, like yes, yeah, exactly, a little bit of that. And uh, yeah, this doesn't have that. It definitely finishes on the right note, but it, it's very charred, very ashy in, in the flavor. It, it, it's a really nice take on on the porter for sure. My my dad would love this, I know, because he loves like. Um, he loves blackened beef. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have like a a steak or something and you, and you blacken it, he loves that. He loves that char. And this, for anybody who loves that flavor, this comes through with that flavor without any of the bad aspects of that flavor. Just sort of the good stuff. I recommend it. Mm. I think it's very nice. I think it's a good gift. Yes. So, so lavery. Brewing Innovative Ales in Small Batches, Erie, Pennsylvania. A rich, robust porter aged in fresh bourbon barrels. Brewed with the finest chocolate, Munich, brown malts, locally grown hops. You already said that part. Yes. Um, What's interesting here is that... Um, bottle-conditioned ales. Did you say that? No, I didn't. But most of these are bottle-conditioned, right? I mean, at least at least the, the, uh, the Saison is. And I'm guessing the... Well, this one may not be. 
The Grand Cru may not be here. Uh, serve in a classic snifter class. We've got that one down. Pretty much. This is interesting that it's available the week after Thanksgiving and for a very limited release, they say. So look for it and try to get it. And it probably, since it's eerie, I mean, around here, around Pennsylvania, probably not much around else besides that. But uh, good find. They got a hell of a story here. Uh after years of storming the coasts of Ireland in 1841 AD, the Vikings moved inland and began establishing winter camps along the rivers. The Irish were intent on defending their land and planned a midnight attack on the sleeping Viking army. A starving winter wren circling below the full moon noticed crumbs scattered about the crisp white snow and swooped among the men to feast. The beating wings against the drums awoke the Vikings, who chased off the wren with a holy branch. A holly, I'm sorry, a holly branch. Yes, <laughs> a holy holly branch. Yes, a holy holly branch. It was then that they spread the adv- they spied. Sorry, it was then they spied the advancing Irish. Those brave Irish rebels lost their lives because of the devil bird. On the day after Christmas, wren boys gathered to commemorate the fallen heroes by carrying a lifeless wren on a holly branch through the streets of Ireland. Or so the story goes. Okay. Sure. If you say so. <coughs> I don't know how effective that is <laughs> at warding off the Viking invaders, <laughs> but you do what you can. Yep. So I think that's enough beers for tonight. Sure. These are big beers. Well, you know what time it is. I think it's ranking time. It's ranking time. Okay, so I'll go first. My favorite beer of the night, by a hair, is the uh, the Belgian one, the uh, Brasserie de Belgie, Le Moni Manu Manu, a special winter ale. Really digged. That saison with the yeah. winter character. Number two is going to be Devil Bird, uh, just slightly behind it. Completely different beer. Heck of a porter. I'm not sure I ever really got the oak air, oak barrels out of it, but a heck of a bar- heck of a porter. Really enjoyed it. I I put the swing top on it already, and uh, I'm going to drink that tomorrow. And uh, the Grand Cru is going to be number three. Uh, it was not the Grand Cru of the evening. <laughs> a little rough around the edges. It wasn't the nice, yeah. luscious type Belgian that I prefer. Got better towards the end. We're going to recap that one. Um, Greg will probably take that home. If not, I will drink it later, but uh, the, not my favorite. I, I'm slightly disagreeing with you in that I think the Devil Bird was... Um, I mean, I think that both one and two were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like what the Devil Bird's doing. I really enjoy the. Um, I'm sort of I'm, I'm giving it props because I like how it's using the oak, and maybe maybe that's giving it more to me to to, to love that than the saison. Even though I love the saison, I thought it was great. So maybe it's just my sort of my imposing what I want other brewers to do is causing this to right, be right. inflated up on on the list, but. Say uh, la vie. So my number two would be the, uh, the the one we can't pronounce, and the number three, 
uh, just like Jeff, the the ground crew. It's um, it didn't you know it certainly didn't stand up to these two. It had its it had its moments. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't particularly great either. Um, especially not compared to some of other some of uh, Great Divide's other beers. I'd like to try it side by side with brother that brother Flonius from uh, North Coast, just to see because I had it recently. It seems similar, and I don't know which one I would like better hmm. unless I did them side by side. All right, well, that's one ninety nine. <laughs> so we hope you have enjoyed it, and we'll be back soon for uh, number two hundred and one. What? I don't know. It'll be just 200. 200. We'll get to 201 the next time. That's the way numbers work. They're, they're sequential. It's, uh, you know, just uh, that that whole probability theorem thing. You, know, you never know. You could skip, skip a number. It could I, I guess so. But usually it goes in integers. You know, usually. No matter how unlikely. But, you know, like they say, 2 plus 2 equals 5 for very large values and Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear